You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. We're following every Carolina Panthers game. I am there live on YouTube, breaking it all down. Also there whenever there's any live breaking news. If you ever miss any of those live episodes or any episode on YouTube, that's okay. You can check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. To participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag on Locked On Panthers, either at me or DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On. That's Locked On in all caps in the game store. On today's episode of Locked On Panthers, going to sit down with Nick Carboni, the sports director over at WCNC here in Charlotte, your local NBC affiliate. I uh, usually go on with him on uh, Sunday nights after Sunday night football. I know that's kind of changed recently, but you can always check out our conversations over on the WCNC NBC Charlotte YouTube page where we check out or break down every single Carolina Panthers game. So going to do a little role reversal and talk to him and ask him his thoughts on the Carolina Panthers as they are still in control of their playoff path. They went on Saturday against Detroit, then followed up with a win against Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints, both on the road. The Carolina Panthers will be 8-9 and nine and NFC South Division champions for the first time since the 2015 season, where they went 15-1 and one in the regular season. So interested to see what Nick thinks about what's going on here and also his thoughts on potentially Steve Wilkes and whether Steve Wilkes deserves to be the uh, full-time head coach here in Carolina after the season or if there's someone else out there in the NFL that he thinks might be a better fit for Carolina. So we'll talk to Nick Carboni about all of that and much more here on the show coming up here in just a moment. But first, this episode of Locked on Panthers is brought to you again by our friends over at Ultimate Football GM. I'm really geeked out by our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Well, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency, and the draft, and all the ups and downs of the season, which, as a Panthers fan, you should be keenly aware of. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is a completely free and playable offline play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked On Panthers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On. That's in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the App Store or on your mobile device. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. This episode of Locked On Panthers is also brought to you by our friends over at Audible. 
where they are coming out with some great podcasts right now. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find an episode from the league available as a bonus episode on Locked On NFL, narrated by Super Bowl champion and legendary smack talker Richard Sherman and sports broadcaster and rising star Taylor Rooks. The league is an eight-part docuseries, but the most bizarre, inspirational, and unlikely stories connected to America's favorite sport, pro football. You won't want to miss these untold stories spanning from the 1940s through the present. Our bonus episode is called The Way of the Cowboy and is an incredible story of how the 1977 Dallas Cowboys brought in Bruce Lee's protege to teach their defense martial arts, ushering in a new approach to the way the league trained. Each story offers equal parts history, entertainment, and social commentary. So head over to the Lockdown NFL for a bonus episode of The League or catch the full series wherever you get your podcasts available now. Audible, get in the game. All right, back here on Locked on Panthers. And as promised, Nick Carboni, he is the sports director over at WCNC Charlotte, your local NBC affiliate, where you can check us out having conversations. Well, we used to be on after Sunday Night Football, but uh, apparently that's changed. But either way, you can always check us out, break down the games. That decision comes from up there. Uh, yes, yes, it's the uh, the folks up top. But either way, you can check us out as we do break the game down over on the WCNC socials over on YouTube, following every Carolina Panthers game. So we're gonna do a little bit of role reversal today, as I'll be asking Nick his opinion on the state of affairs here at the Carolina Panthers, coming off of what Steve Wilkes described as a disappointing loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers, twenty four to sixteen on Sunday at Bank of America Stadium. You know, Nick, as soon as people start to have hope, as soon as we start to go to this rallying cry of protect the bank, the Carolina Panthers give a swift kick to the groin and lose a game that you would have felt they should have won. Should we really be all that surprised that they let us down? I mean, I mean, not based on the last five or six seasons, right? And that includes just one trip to the playoffs, and that was Cam trying to carry them to a win in that wild card game in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of to be expected at this point with this franchise. They have an opportunity in front of them and need to win all four of their next games to get in, and they lose the very first one. And the one, as you mentioned last night on our segment, the one that was, you know, looking at all four side by side by side by side, that was the easiest one. Pittsburgh is not the Steelers of yesteryear. You clinched them a winning season uh, so Mike Tomlin doesn't have to have a losing season, which he hasn't had since Ben Roethlisberger was a rookie quarterback or, or even right before that. And you clinch your fifth straight losing season. So um, they're going to do it the hard way, I guess, or at least that's the approach from here on out. But they didn't lose any ground. Uh, they didn't gain any, but they didn't lose any because the Bucks blew it against the Bengals. Uh, but now you've got a shorter window to, to try and complete this, uh, what would be an amazing feat. I don't care what the final record would be. If the Panthers win the division and make the playoffs, it'll be incredible. But they just made it har harder on themselves on Sunday. Yeah, I'm just wondering how people are going to feel about it now, considering like, okay, they went on the road, beat Seattle. They followed it up with the win prior against Denver. And I was telling folks, for me, really to buy into them being a playoff team, they need to come back and beat a bad Steelers team at home. And they didn't do that. But they got help, like he's mentioned, from Cincinnati, who came back from 17 points down in that first half against Tampa Bay. And Tampa's still only a game above or ahead of Carolina. If the Panthers went out, they will be NFC South champions. But they'll also be 8-9. and As you mentioned, that'll be five straight losing seasons. But a division title. How do you imagine fans are going to be able to kind of, I don't know, handle being division champs but also being 8-9? 
I think the majority of fans that, you know, at least we see on social media, which is, you know, such a small percentage of actual society, but um, you know, I, I think you can read the tea leaves a little bit there. I think the majority of fans were excited about Sunday's game, having something on the line and maybe there being a push. I think they generally like the players on this team. They like the coaching staff. Now that Matt rule is gone, uh, that there's been a real swing in momentum towards liking the coaching staff, especially the guy leading them right now, Steve Wilkes. So I think a lot of fans would be excited for a playoff game because it would be at home, first of all, and we haven't had that since 2015, uh, since the NFC Championship game. Uh, So, yeah, I I think the majority of fans would be on board with it. Yeah, there's a lot of fans that, and and I think, you know, I get it. They want a top two or three pick, and that's just probably not going to happen at this point. But I think most fans are behind this team, are happy with the way – things are kind of pointing right now under Steve Wilkes and would welcome a division championship and a home playoff game, because as we've seen, they just don't happen every year. Certainly not here in Carolina since they rattled off three straight. Yeah. It's a balancing act of hoping to be in the top of the draft and get one of those quarterbacks. Of course, Houston, they're going to get their pick of whoever they want as they lost yet again, although they've been competitive the last two weeks. Texas have been Yeah. But the Panthers won too many games uh, for Houston Texans to catch up to them over the next couple of weeks. So they could possibly still get in the top five. But they're still, you know, Atlanta, seeing how they play with Desmond Ritter next couple of weeks. And if he falters, you imagine that the Falcons will be looking at a quarterback at the top of the draft. The Colts, who were up 33 nothing on Saturday against the Vikings, they are now in perfect position to get mm-hmm. a quarterback. So the Panthers potentially playing themselves out of it. But the way I look at it is it's a positive. If you have a young roster, which Steve Wilkes brought up on on. Monday at his press conference being like, hey, we still have a young team that has not had sort of success going to the playoffs. And outside of Shaq Thompson and J.J. Jansen, no one on this roster, at least who's been here in Carolina, has had a winning season, has seen what it's like to play in a playoff game here in Charlotte. So I would like to see it happen, but I totally understand how people feel. Now, my only concern is over the next couple of weeks is that this offense might have been found out. The formula was very clearly, let's run the football, let's ask Sam Darnold not to do too much. And then let's also play a great defense. They didn't play great defense on Sunday. They did not run the football. And of course, they could not get off on third down. But Sam Darnold actually played his best game of the season, his three starts. Has this team probably been found out at least looking at one week? Or is it just one week sample size? We probably shouldn't make too much of it heading into Detroit on Saturday. I don't think Seattle was like a coming out party of the league. Like, oh my God, the Panthers are going to run the ball. Like, I think that Steve Wilkes started to implement that right away. I mean, Matt Rule talked about it for two and a quarter seasons, but it never became the team's identity until Steve Wilkes took over. And I think Seattle was kind of the, you know, the graduation to like, you are a dominant running football team. They'd been trying to do that. They had been successful in kind of fits and starts with that. So I just think it was a bad game. Uh, Certainly they're going to be able to run more than, 21 yards in each of the next three games. I certainly hope so. Uh, I don't think they're going to get completely shut down because I think the offensive line is improved from last year. It is built to run block and they have a very legitimate starting feature back or as feature as you want to be in today's NFL in Deontay Foreman and a very good secondary back uh, who I think is really uh, taking a lot of strides in, in the run game and the pass game and, and Chuba Hubbard. And, you know, you've got Raheem Blackshear as well. So, and, and also based on the the numbers that some of these 
upcoming defenses have put together against the run. I know the Steelers didn't come in particularly good in that department, but I think there's an opportunity there to still play like that. You've also got to protect the quarterback. They didn't do that. Sam Darnold. Yeah, yeah. I, I think maybe he held the ball a little too long, but I think a lot of the th- at least three of those sacks were just guys getting beat up front. Yeah, and Pittsburgh has the guys that can do it. We saw T.J. Wyatt, who's been one of the premier pass rushers yeah. in the league for the last four or five seasons. Cameron Hayward's been doing it for a long time in the interior there in Pittsburgh. And I don't know, maybe I kind of got lost in the fact that the Steelers weren't great this year and kind of forgot that, oh, wait, this is a Mike Tomlin coach team. And yeah. what Pittsburgh does is they win in the trenches. It's why they have, what, five, six Super Bowls in their history. And that kind of played out. And the Panthers have only beaten the Steelers one time. And it happened back in 96. So we should never expect to beat Pittsburgh. I just thought maybe this one time, though, against a bad Steelers team with Mitch Trubisky, who threw three picks last week. And the question all week was, would he start or would it be Mason Rudolph getting kind of a home camp coming start? Will they win that game? It didn't happen, but they're still alive. And you look at Detroit on Saturday. Man, that, that feels like to me that's the season. Because if they, if they lose to Detroit, I have a hard time seeing – Tampa Bay lose at Arizona and at Atlanta with no Kyler and a rookie quarterback for the Falcons coupled of course the Panthers having to beat them as well does it kind of seem like to you as well that you got to beat Detroit otherwise hey it's pack it up it's over for the season I mean they've only won one road game right well it's it's a home game it's a home game that's what I'm saying so like taking care of this game is is an absolute for this team I mean, Steve Wilkes hammered it home last week to protect the bank, and we saw what happened there. But for the most part, under Steve Wilkes, they've been good at home. They haven't been good on the road under anybody. So, you know, going, you know, playing Detroit and then having it come down to a game in Tampa where the Bucs, you know, they're they're certainly down. They're certainly frustrated, but will have, I think, the advantage in their house in that game, then yes, Detroit is a must-win at home. I mean, this is they, they've been talking like these games are playoff games for a couple of weeks now, but this is like the winner-go-home moment for the most part. I think if, if this game doesn't happen, then it's not going to happen. Now, the and the and the Bucks play Arizona. Like I can't I don't know. Like that's a toss up to me. I know Arizona doesn't have Kyler Murray, but the Bucks have been so weird and bad and like yeah. susceptible. Like I don't know, but they have an opportunity to win next week for sure. And that if the, the Panthers lose next week and the Bucks take care of business against Arizona, which I think is on Sunday night football on Christmas night, uh that's gonna be tough to overcome. Oh man. Great for uh, WCNC, but for America. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, good, yeah, goodness. Oh, McCoy against Tom Brady, baby. <laughs> they got a lot of games, um, I think, coming up this weekend that they expect to be much better that are now going to be duds, at least games on Christmas Day. So uh, yeah. God bless anyone who wants to watch that opposed to the, to the NFL or the uh, NBA, rather. But, of course, check out WCNC, watch Sunday Night Football um, <laughs> on, on for that game. Yeah, so Steve Wilkes. The fans seem to like Steve Wilkes. He represents a bygone era when the Panthers uh, went to four playoff appearances in five seasons. I understand David Tepper, the owner here, says that the Panthers never had success. Uh, that's not true. They never had back-to-back winning seasons, but they have somehow been able to get the playoffs three years in a row without having back-to-back winning seasons, which is still a remarkable achievement. Does it come down to Wilkes having to win the final three games. Because if he ends up maybe six and six throughout his 12 games as the, as the interim head coach, that'll be seven and 10. I really don't think that's going to be enough for him for David Tepper to be like, yeah, that's my guy. Does he have to just win the final three to really get a legitimate shot at being the head coach here? 
if he finishes six and six, I think it makes the decision hard for David Tepper. If he wins out and wins the division, I think it makes it like almost incredibly easy. You would think for David Tepper uh, to remove that interim tag. And I still think there's an argument for whatever happens in the next three weeks, unless they completely just like look non-competitive in the next three games, which I doubt would happen. Um, I think there's more arguments for keeping Steve Wilkes here than against. And, you know, they go beyond the fact that he was a stud at West Charlotte and coached at one point at JCSU and, and knows the brand. I just think he is a, a, a good leader, a good game planner, uh, obviously didn't work. I, I know I'm coming off the heels of he got out coached by Mike Tomlin. I think it was a big party yesterday. But well, that's not I, shocking. It's Mike Tomlin, a Super Bowl winning yeah, head coach. I think I think organizationally he's got a plan. And I think you don't have to look any further than the day he took over, he made this team his. Matt Rule couldn't do that in two and a quarter years. And I think Steve Wilkes was ready for that moment. I think he's ready to be a head coach again. Listen, leader of men, guys respect him, all that. Good defensive coach, all that. But I think he's got a, a solid plan uh, for this franchise going forward if he is allowed to go out and execute that uh, beyond this season. But yeah, he's going to have to, you know, come to David Tepper with uh, this is my plan for the offense. This is my plan for what we're going to do at quarterback. Uh, obviously, it shouldn't look anything like the plan the last two or three years. Uh, so he's going to have to kind of have those ducks in a row. But I, I bet he's he's thinking about that already when he's not, you know, coaching his butt off for this team. I think the only thing is like, does David Tepper want the Panthers in that mold of John Fox and Ron Rivera and now Steve Wilkes, which is heavy defense, heavy run. uh, Or does he want to join the other, the other guys and hire the offensive whiz kid um, or whoever that may be? Does he want it to look different? Does he think that yes, all of that in the past was good, but look where it ultimately got you or didn't get you let's go in a completely different direction in kind of my mindset, which, you know, I think we could deduce that that is, you know, an offensive minded head coach an aggressive offensive minded head coach. Yeah. Well, typically when you fire someone, you try and get the exact opposite. So you'd imagine he would want to get someone who has NFL head coaching experience in the past and which that is Steve Wilkes and Matt rules more of a CEO guy. So he's not really offense or defense. But we've seen, like you mentioned, the trend is getting a younger offensive guy. But those dudes don't have experience being a head yeah. coach in the NFL before. And Wilkes has it. So it feels like to me, like if you want to experience head coach, it seems like obviously Steve Wilkes, as long as he can at least go 500, considering all the circumstances against him, that would make a ton of sense to me. And like I would imagine Dan Quinn in Dallas likely gets an interview because of his relationship with Scott Fitter and Fitter should. Right. And I imagine Will have a say in who becomes the next head coach. I mean, Shane Steichen, that's the guy up in Philadelphia, the OC. He's never been a head coach before. Um, yeah. There's going to be a lot of other names of young guys who've never been head coaches. So it just seems like if he wants to get a, a better head coach, it makes more it makes more sense to have Steve Wilkes. Opposed to if he doesn't, is there a possibility that he just alienates the fan base even further, considering that, like, hell, you've had to keep pounding stuff, but you've had all the, the end zones, people getting upset about that and, and all that jazz. But also, I mean, it's a guy who's from here who gets it. And if you bring someone else in, they don't necessarily get it and understand. So I, I just wonder if like the fans are just kind of just like out on that. It was like even a possibility of someone other than Wills. In terms of David Tepper being willing to alienate the fan base any further, just take a drive down I-77 and look at that shell of a 
would-be practice facility that he pulled the plug on because he's got, yeah, I'll just sure. say pull the plug money, uh, even though there's another term for it. And he just took a $100 million lawsuit hit over it and no big deal. He's moving on. Um, this is, this is, you know, David Tepper has got to kind of prove that he can evaluate somebody to be a head coach because he was like lauding the fact that he went to Waco and him and Marty Herney sat down with Matt rule. And this is the guy and you're talking about when you're talking about these offensive minded head coaches that we're seeing, some of them work out and some of them don't like Kevin O'Connell looks to be the real deal. Nathaniel Hackett looks to be in a trash heap out in Denver. So like, can David Tepper properly, if he's going to go that route, properly evaluate which of these folks is going to actually work out as a head coach. That is more than just like, Hey, I drew up a bunch of plays for Aaron Rodgers and everything worked out. So he, you know, right now he's all for one in that department. Yeah. I mean, the thing is he's more than over one. Cause you can talk about Charlotte FC. You can look at all the other people at Tepper sports entertainment that have come and gone yeah. mysteriously, really no answers. Um, so it's, it's a big hire for him. I feel like it's the biggest hire he's had to make yeah. so far because we've already wasted three years. Potentially if things go great the next three weeks, it would not be as big of a waste because they would at least have gone to the playoffs, but they don't maybe three wasted years. And potentially if you get the hire wrong again, that would be six wasted years. Assuming he gives the next head coach three years, which I feel like is pretty standard practice now in the NFL, as long yeah. as the guy's like not an abject failure, which I guess Matt Rule kind of was. And there's a perfect argument to not bring him back. So we'll see how it all plays out. But again, y'all follow Nick Carboni over there on Twitter at Nick Carboni WCNC, as long as Twitter still exists and Elon Musk does not uh, throw tipper tantrums and get upset and delete it for all of us. Also, we'll check out his- the holidays. Yeah. Yeah, it's only a matter of time. Uh, also, check out all his newscasts over there on WCNC, uh, the NBC affiliate here locally in Charlotte. And of course, our conversations over on YouTube, which I think usually come out on Monday uh, after every Carolina Panthers game. After, yeah, <laughs> I beg and I, I plead for the digital folks to put them up and uh, they put they put them out like late Sunday. And I'm like, eh, everybody's already in bed. Like the Washington Giants game is over. I'll just tweet this out on Monday. So, yeah, yeah. Whenever, usually, whenever it's there, just subscribe. You can probably find it where you find, I mean, of course, you know, Locked on Panthers over there on YouTube. But, Nick, have a happy holidays. Merry Christmas, well, happy Hanukkah, whatever you uh, choose to believe in. And uh, I will talk to you soon. All right. We'll see you in the playoffs, buddy. Oh, yeah. Let's go. This holiday, find what you love at Total Wine and More. With so many great bottles to choose from, it's easy to find a new favorite single barrel bourbon or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide and all with the confidence of knowing you found something special for the lowest price. Love what you find only at Total Wine and More. Curbside pickup and delivery available in most areas. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drinks responsibly in B21. All right, thanks again to Nick Carboni, the sports director over at WCNC, for joining us and giving us his thoughts on the state affairs here in Carolina as the Panthers are still in control of their playoff fate, destiny, path, however you want to describe it. The Panthers, if they win on Saturday in Detroit, then followed up with two wins on the road at Tampa and at New Orleans. They will be the NFC South Division champions at 8-9. Yes, it will not be a winning season, but will be the first um, playoff appearance here since 2015 and. Hell, I'm I'm for it. I'm also selfishly I can be not for it because I have a bachelor party that's supposed to go on that weekend, and I would have to not go on it if the Panthers do in fact go to the playoffs. But I would rather to have the playoff joy 
than to go out there and be on a cruise in the Bahamas that I didn't really want to go on anyways. Either way, that's going to wrap up this edition of the of the Lock, of Locked On Panthers, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all make sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. And be sure to check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Great review, subscribe, never miss a show there. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday, answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show, either at me or DM me to participate in this week's edition of Weekly Friday Mailbag on Locked on Panthers. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll be back tomorrow with, I think it's Matt Dyer, who is the uh, host of Locked on Lions as we break down the momentous Panthers Lions battle of the two jungle cats on Saturday at Big America Stadium. All that more coming up later on this week here on Locked on Panthers. Thank you.